This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are back in studio, Raider Nation, for the next three hours. My man Ari got our intern, Tobias. We like to call him Toby. Toby's in the building today with us. Uh, after yesterday, I guess we need a little bit extra added security. Now, nah, Toby's a football player, so we're good to go. And then, of course, your boy Q, Rocket with you, 2 to 5 p.m. here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a very exciting show for you this afternoon. Very excited uh, for the return of JT the Brick. Uh, he's been on vacation and uh, came back with some really good stuff, including a great interview with Vince Evans that I was able to listen to and thought, man, this is fantastic. Just listening to Vince Evans, his story about, you know, where he started and how he got to college and how he got to the pros and uh, the trials and tribulations that he went through. So I thought that was a great interview that JT had earlier this afternoon with uh, former Raider quarterback Vince Evans. But uh, we got it lined up for you this afternoon as well. Coming up at 2.30, and it's, it's funny, we, we're, we're going to do a lot of these you know, over the next few weeks, just because right about now it's a slow period, slow time of year for the NFL, you know, basically outside of the mandatory mini camps that are still going on. And there's, there's a handful and probably about 10 to 15, maybe, maybe we can say half the league, right? Half the league has mandatory mini camp going on. The rest of the league does not. Well, the Raiders are one of them that does not, they're not going back to training camp until July 19th. That's when it should get started. And of course we'll have wall to wall coverage of that when it does happen. But for the most part for the silver and black, everything is pretty much shut down. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go over, uh, there's going to be a lot of articles put out. There's going to be a lot of people's opinions put out. There's going to be a lot of people talking about the schedule and what the Raiders can do. And I think we got a lot of good stuff for you today. I really do. Had some really good conversations yesterday. We were talking about the Raiders offensive line. Obviously, that's a subject that's been talked about quite a bit. We had Mike Renner on from Pro Football Focus. Well, today we got a couple other guys from Pro Football Focus coming up at 2.30. Ben Lindsay from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Lindsay. He's going to join us to talk about defensive lines. Now, Offensive line-wise, the Raiders are ranked 29th, according to Pro Football Focus. The defensive line is much better than 29th. They're not the last of the tiers that they have ranked here with Pro Football Focus. They're ranked at number 19, and we'll talk about it. Before we get to Ben's conversation, before we bring him on the show, we're going to talk about it. Matter of fact, my show topic has to do with the defensive line as opposed to the offensive line. So just keep that in mind before we get it, or when we get into the opening drive, you'll need that. So Ben Lindsay is going to join the show coming up at 2.30. At 3.30... Pro Football Focus, his uh, his brother from Pro Football Focus, Ian Harditz, he's going to join it and join the show, and he's going to talk about some fantasy football. And I have been very adamant to let you know I am not a fantasy football guy. I just not. I don't, I don't. I'm probably one of the few people left on this earth that does not play fantasy football. I just don't. One, I don't have time for it. Two, I just think that it's kind of silly. But I understand why people enjoy it. I really do. It makes a lot of sense why people enjoy it. Just not for me. So. We'll talk to Ian, and he uh, has some pretty good reviews about the Raiders and what his expectations are for them fantasy-wise. And the reason we bring on an Ian to talk fantasy football when I'm not a fantasy football guy is still so you can get the idea of who you think is going to be very successful in this Josh McDaniels-led offense. Is it going to be Derek Carr? Is it going to be Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro? Which one of the running backs is going to step their game up? Who's going to do the heavy lifting? You still get some really good insight when it comes to the team even though it's coming from a fantasy football point of view. And that's, that's what I can appreciate 
about fantasy football is that it has allowed people to put eyes on a game that they might not necessarily be as locked in on as me and you, or at least me. I, w- I watch the game for the game. I watch the game to see who gets the W and who gets the L. I don't care if Hunter Renfro scores a touchdown or if Foster Moreau scores a touchdown. And some of will be like, oh, man, Hunter got caught at the one-yard line. Damn it. That was my fantasy points. That, to me, is silly. I get a good laugh out of that, but I understand. You know, I understand how it goes down, and, you know, there, <laughs> there ain't going to be no, no fighting when it comes to fantasy football for me. I know that there's some in the Major League Baseball that, uh, you know, they get a little amped up over fantasy football and may, may come to fisticuffs. And I've actually heard, Ari, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, I've heard someone say that it gets real. It gets real with fantasy football, and it, it, it could become a real deal fight. Oh, yeah, over on our show on Cofield and Company. Really? It's a real thing, yes. Really? Yeah, I know Adam, Adam Hill is very he's in like into 5, it. 5,000 leagues. That like, doesn't make any sense to me. Because uh, Adam Hill is a very busy dude. How does he keep, keep track of all that's that? That's peak Adam. He just puts more on. He, just he needs some kids. If he, he had like, some kids, he would no, abandon he that immediately. He'd be like, you know what? I don't need any of that. I'm going to send my kids over to Adam Hill for about a week. And he'll give up all that fantasy football stuff quick, fast, and hurry. Because, man, these, 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 these things over here are way too much work. I ain't got time for none of that. Mm, I think he's good without kids for now. <laughs> I think all of us on that show are not kid-friendly people, and that's okay. Oh, so you're telling me you're, un- you're not kid-friendly? It's not. Okay, let me rephrase. It's not kid-friendly. Yeah, I know. You we're just, just, you're we're just, not every kid that listens is like, oh, man. I'm sorry, That was everyone. my guy, Ari. <laughs> Let you down. No, no, no. We're, uh, we're quote, to quote Steve, we're, just, we're not a kid show. We're not ki- <sighs> We're just you're, weird. Dude, you're you, family friendly, but all, you don't you don't want you don't yeah. want kids. We're all older. We don't have kids, and you just don't just, want no kids. You just want to grow up to be a, a, a old lonely man. Adam is kind of childish at times. So. You just want to grow up to be an old lonely man. Is what you're trying I, to say? I don't want to. I'm just saying. You're, you're on that path. Yeah. You're on that path. Well, I did see you filling out your ballot earlier, and you did talk about some of the. Okay, you don't want to talk about that. Oh no, no, no I'm just <laughs> mad about the the rush. I had to rush it, but yes, he did have to rush ahead. it. Ari was doing Get out some, there and vote. Yes. Ari was out out here yesterday at the radio station. Of course, we had a lot of trials and tribulations going on uh, in, in the yeah in the background, and he was really rushing to get his uh, his ballot in. So uh, Ari might not have kids, but he's a man of the people, so he's making sure that the city is taken care of. So you got to salute him for that. So uh, Ian Harditz from uh, Pro Football Focus will join us coming up at three thirty, and then Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln Kennedy makes his return to the show, former Raider offensive lineman, color commentator right now for the team. He will join the show. And, you know, I don't know how much he could speak on the, you know, who's going to be the next play-by-play voice of the silver and black. You know, I, I will ask him, though, how much he learned from Brent Musburger because he told me when he first took over that color commentating job and be in the booth with Brent that he had an opportunity to learn from a legend. And make no mistake about it, regardless of how you felt about Brent Musburger, he is an absolute legend. All right. I mean, that dude through and through is is one of the best in the business. To me, my only problem was he wasn't a a, a raider in my mind. But that's because he had already, you know, I mean, he'd already made his name for himself doing so many other things. He was already greatness. And so the Raiders were blessed to have a guy in that position. So we'll ask him what he learned from Brent. And I'll throw in my bid to be a sideline guy again because you're guaranteed to miss a shot that you don't take. That's right. And of course, we'll talk offensive line. We'll talk a lot of offensive line with Lincoln Kennedy. That's coming up at 4 o'clock. And then 4.30. So excited about this conversation. And uh, I've already had the conversation, so I'll just go ahead and throw that out there right now. Andre Gaines, he is a producer, director. He's one of the best in the business that does his thing. He is putting out a piece called After Jackie, and it's going to be on the History Channel. And I'm a big baseball fan. I make no bones about it. I love the game of baseball. I've uh, been talking about it for years that I love baseball, and some people look at it like, oh, it's too slow, oh, it's boring. Anyway, this piece that he's putting out 
and it's going to debut on Saturday on the History Channel, is about the game of baseball after Jackie Robinson. Because we all know the Kumbaya story. We know Jackie Robinson, everything that he went through. And then it's like, hey, yeah, Jackie Robinson, he broke the color barrier. But there were so many African-Americans that played the game following Jackie Robinson that went through hell and high water to get onto the diamond and be able to play. And, I mean, this is just a really good piece. They sent me they sent me the, the pre-screening. So I watched it already. And I'm going to watch it again on Saturday because, you know, the screening is one thing and then the actual movie is another thing. But just from what I saw and being able to talk to Andre for about 10 minutes this morning, fantastic. Like, I'm super pumped up. My grandfather was a huge baseball fan. He always told me that, you know, son, you got to go learn how to catch a ball and, and, and run really fast and, and hit a fastball and you'll be all right. Like, he always told me, even at his age, that I should play baseball. And now you look at the contracts in baseball and you're like, well, Grandpa was onto something. <laughs> he knew what he was talking about well before I knew what I was talking about. But, uh, yeah, and, and it's, it's funny. I tell the story all the time, especially, you know, when me growing up, there wasn't too many pitchers that looked like me outside of Dwight Gooden. You know, there was a few others, but Dwight Gooden was the guy, right? He was the guy that came on the scene, and he was the man. And every time I was at my grandfather's house, every time Dwight Gooden was on the mound, it didn't matter what I was doing. He was like, son, come in here. You got to go watch this, uh, this young man pitch. You're not going to see this too often. This guy's phenomenal. All right. And so I just did it because I had to follow directions, right? If I didn't, I was going to get in trouble. But what I witnessed when I would watch Dwight Gooden pitch was incredible. And unfortunately, we all know how his career ended up. We all know he got caught up with drugs and it didn't. The story wasn't the way it should have ended. But man, that, that was great. And that really helped me fall in love with baseball. Not to mention he had season tickets to the A's. So he used to go back there and sit right behind home plate, just, just about there at the Coliseum and Love me some baseball. So Andre Gaines, you'll hear the conversation I had with him this morning about 4.30, and it is about life after Jackie and baseball after Jackie. But the, the, uh, the actual movie is called After Jackie. And so we just kind of go into detail for about 10 minutes. And it's only 10 minutes. I could have talked to him for like an hour. I really could have. It's only 10 minutes because the people that set this interview up, they called me and they said, all right, we got him. You got 10 minutes. We have a hard out. This is, and you know, in the in the industry, you know what the hard out means, <laughs> yes. right? And we have them here at the radio station. You know, there's a certain time you have to hit a commercial break, and you got to go by. Well, sometimes we might bend it a little bit here and there, and sometimes there's guys that don't know how to, and we have to make sure we enforce the hard out. That's okay. It happens. They told me I had a 10 minute hard out. This is no joke, Ari. I I I'm looking at the clock and I'm recording the interview. It's at nine minutes and 10 seconds. So I say, hey, Andre, I know you got to go. I could talk to you for a long time. I appreciate your, you know, everything, right? The full meal deal. He's answering. He's saying, oh, man, thanks. It was a great time. Good visit everything. All of a sudden, er, er. I mean, literally hung up while he's responding to me. Uh -huh. I'm not asking him another question. And so I had to, I, I, you know, I don't want to try to flex any muscles or anything, but I did, I did have to reach out. And I was like, look. You got to extend that. That was a little foul. Right. I was like, come on, man. I mean, like he, it wasn't me asking another question. I was literally saying bye. And it's OK because the interview is recorded and you'll hear it at 430. It doesn't sound like they hung up on me because I am really good at editing. But if it had been live, it would have sounded like a train wreck. Yeah. And I'd have been furious because, again, it was a really good interview and you could tell he was happy to talk to me. And I guarantee every interview is not going to be that good. Not saying I'm the best. I just know that me and Andre had a nice, good, you know, good conversation. So I was kind of hot. I was kind of hot. And I'll tell you, it was at 8 o'clock this morning. So I ran hot. You know, like your car in, in the Las Vegas heat? Oh, yeah. It ran hot for about an hour after that interview because I was thinking, what if that had been live? What if we had been live and they just literally hung up on me? And you, you don't want to hear no dial tone on the air. 
Yeah. I've now, in music radio, it sounds kind of funny. I, I used to do that. <laughs> but you don't want to do that on sports talk. And you picture someone top speed running to the studio trying to fix it. Right. So, with that being said, the conversation is fantastic. Andre's great. Breaks it down. Breaks down all things uh, baseball, you know, after Jackie. And, you know, just one little, one little nugget. And I, I'll save the rest because I want you to hear the interview at 430. It's so funny. At the beginning, everyone like respected him because of what he was doing and what he stood for. That was year one, year two. You know, he was the guy that people talked trash to him. He turned the other cheek. He just, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let it bother me. By year three, he was like, look, man, you ain't gonna be throwing the ball at me no more. So he was brash. You know, he was angry. He would run people over that were spiking him. So then everyone started turning on him. The people that were rooting for him started turning on him, and it's it's laid out so well. In this screening. So you definitely have to check it out Saturday, 8 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock Eastern and 8 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time, which is strange to me. But that's that's what they say. So we'll see. But I've already seen it. But you got to check it out. It's called After Jackie. It's going to be on the History Channel. LeBron James, his production group, has something to do with it as well. Nice. So production guy, producer, and director, Andre Gaines. You'll hear that conversation coming up at 4.30. So as you could tell, have a loaded show for you this afternoon. 2.30, Ben Lindsay. 3.30, Ian Harditz. 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy. And then 4.30, Andre Gaines. Now it's time to jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So we're going to be talking to Ben Lindsay from Pro Football Focus coming up at 2.30. He put out a piece about NFL defensive line rankings and where the Raiders come in. And there's tiers, just like the offensive line rankings that we talked about with Mike Renner yesterday for Pro Football Focus. And just like the offensive line, there's six tiers. If you remember with the offensive line, the Raiders came in six, which was problematic. They didn't come in six here. They came in fourth. Tier four. Great edge. Great edge duo. Weak interior. So they're looking at Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, others. You know, what's the, what's, the, what's the deal on the interior part of the defensive line? So what they say is Max Crosby made his push for the NFL's elite edge rusher tier with a breakout third season out of Eastern Michigan in 2021. 91.9 pro football focus pass rushing grade last season trailed only Miles Garrett at that position. No defender recorded more quarterback pressures than Crosby did over the course of the regular season. He'll be joined next season by one of the premier sack artists in the league over the past decade in Chandler Jones. The only thing holding the Raiders down in these rankings is one of the weaker interior defensive lines in the NFL. Bilal Nichols, who you remember the Raiders brought in as a, uh, as a free agent, is the defensive tackle on the Raiders roster with the highest 2021 pro football focus grade at just 61.3. So that's a huge drop off. Max Crosby was at 91.9. Bilal Nichols is at 61.3. And he is the highest ranked interior defensive lineman that the Raiders have. So it got me thinking. And again, he has them ranked number 19, but they're in tier four, which is a lot better than 29 in tier six. So clearly it, it, he's feeling like the defensive line is a lot stronger than the Raiders offensive line is. So with that being said, and we know that there's guys out there that are available. Do you think the Raiders should go out there and get a proven defensive tackle like Ndamukong Sue? Should that be a priority over a vet offensive lineman? What would you prefer the Raiders to do? Or would you prefer the Raiders to go and get that veteran offensive lineman if they can only make one move? And I'm not saying they can, they can only make one move. They might be able to make two or three. They have about $22 million in cap space, so they have room. I'm assuming some of that money is going to go to Darren Waller, though. That's what I'm assuming. And again, we all know about assumptions. <laughs> we all know where assumptions will get us. 
But that's just right now. That's my gut feeling that Darren Waller is going to get taken care of, and then they go out there and make a move or two. But if they only have one move that they can make outside of the building, would you prefer that the Raiders have a stronger defensive line and beef up that interior part of the defensive line with a strong defensive tackle like Ndamukong Sue, who's only missed two games in his career, who even had six and a half sacks last season? At his age, he still has six and a half sacks. I mean, think about this. Max Crosby only had eight sacks last year from the edge. How much more does Max Crosby's sacks go up if you have that interior push? How much more does Chandler Jones' sacks go up if you have that interior push? That's, that's my question. So when we talk to Ben at 2.30, one of my first questions will be, how many sacks did the Raiders miss out on because they didn't have that interior push last season? Because pressures are great. Let, let's make no mistake about it. We, we've had this debate multiple times. Pressures are great. It's great to lead the league or be second in the league with, with pressures. But sacks are better. There's no way you can say it's not, right? Yes, pressures help in a major way. But you tell me, would you rather have, I don't care what, what edge rusher it is that has 15, 16, 17 sacks, or would you rather have the guy that leads the league in pressures? I think most people would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think most people would say they'd rather have the guy that has about 15 sacks because good things happen for your defense when you get a sack. You can get a strip sack. That means you can get the ball. You get create turnovers. You know, if you're hitting the quarterback consistently and knocking them down, might be throwing the ball up at the last second, it might be an easy interception for the defensive line. There's a lot of great things that happen when you get sacks. Now, pressure's, like I said, fantastic. Max Crosby definitely earned his money. Him and Unique Ngakwe were two of the best at getting pressures last year. Ngakwe, for a lot of people that didn't even realize, Ngakwe led the Raiders in sacks last year. He had 10. And Max had eight. I think Max is, you know, the better player, and he still has a lot more room to grow. I think he's going to continue to fight and, and, and get better. But, I mean, Ngakwe led the, led the team in sacks. So do they need that extra guy? They brought Jonathan Hankins back. They have Bilal Nichols. You know, they brought in Andrew Billings. I'm very familiar with him. They brought in a bunch of different guys. But to me, a lot of them are just a bunch of different guys. There's nobody that stands out like, hey, I'm going to be the dude. So Raider Nation, I ask you, 702-365-9200, that's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, Sam and Ash text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Which one would you prefer? If the Raiders had to make a move, just one move outside the building before training camp gets started, would you prefer them to go and make a splash at the defensive tackle position, go get Sue, or would you prefer that they make sure that they shore up that offensive line and bring in some, and some, some competition to compete with a Leatherwood, a Parker, and a Luminor, and whoever else is, is out there to try to shore up that offense? Which way would you prefer the silver and black to go? 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Yeah, yeah. And to answer your question, I go get Sue. You know, no, a no-brainer. But I also want to talk about Jackie Robinson because Jackie Robinson has always been special to me because he's from the L.A. area. We went to Pasadena. I think he grew up in Pasadena, but I know me and him share the same birthday, January 31st. So, you know, I really want to check out that documentary you was talking about. And as far as fantasy football, I used to um, really didn't care either way about fantasy football. But I'm going to tell you, I was at the um, Oakland Coliseum at the last um, game before Al Davis died. It was the Patriot game. Remember when we played the Patriots in Oakland? And I remember I bought tickets to the game. That's when you could buy one and get one free. <laughs> so I bought one I bought one ticket, and I bought my homeboy Watani with me. And we was in the stands, you know, watching the game. And I remember it was this dude sitting next to me. He was a Raider fan, but he played fantasy football. And I wasn't really too familiar with fantasy football back then. I was, you know, I knew what it was, but I didn't really know the particulars of it. Yeah. And this guy, this guy next to me, he kept on 
cheering like whenever New England would do something good because Wes Welker was on his fantasy team. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, what's up with you, man? Ain't you a Raider fan? He's like, yeah, but Wes Welker's on my fantasy team. So every time Wes Welker would do something, he would cheer or tap me on my shoulder, and it kind of irritated me. So I, after, you know, after like the, I think more, a couple of minutes into the second corner, I turned and, to him. I kind of went off. I said, look, I don't give a damn about your fantasy team. I'm a real Raider fan. If it ain't concerning the Raiders, you know, I want you cheering or nothing. Matter of fact, go sit somewhere. I made another dude from another role come trade seats with him. And ever since then, I hated fantasy football. <laughs> never played it, never cared for it because it seemed like it split your allegiance. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be a Raider fan, not no team or fan of another team just because you're your fantasy team. And ever since then, <laughs> I hated fantasy football, never liked it. I don't even let my sons play. Well, they can play it now. They're over 18. <laughs> but when they, when they was under 18, they couldn't play fantasy football living in my house. You know what I'm saying? But that's I just wanted to tell you that, Q. You know, keep the gangster Raider Nation. We're gonna have a glorious season. And if you're gonna sell your tickets to the game, make you sell it make sure you sell them to other Raider fans. Do not sell your tickets to non Raider fans. Keep the gangster, y'all and gone. All right, Q, I'm out. Appreciate you, my man. Gangster Raider right there. And it's so funny. You have a story that's very similar to mine. Uh, that was one of the main reasons why I wasn't a, a, a fantasy football. Like, I never even wanted to look at fantasy football after the experience I had at the Oakland Coliseum. It was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John Gruden was on the sideline for Tampa Bay. This was actually the game Tim Brown caught his 100th touchdown pass against the Raiders. It's also the same game Philip Buchanan intercepted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and took it to the house. The Raiders were beating the brakes off of uh, Tampa Bay. This is obviously following them beating the brakes off the Raiders in the Super Bowl. But this is at the Coliseum, and I remember me, Mama Q, Little Q, we were all there in, in the stands. We were out there in Mount Davis, and Tampa Bay is getting the brakes beat off them. And all of a sudden, I think one of their tight ends or somebody made a big catch. I forget who it was. It's, it's funny. We've told this story before, and DeMond was like, oh, I know exactly who that is. And he pulled it up, who it was who made that catch. Anyway, he had some pretty good yards in that game. And some dude just jumped up out of nowhere. He's like, yes! And he's celebrating this catch. And so my big mouth was like, what are you celebrating? Just like Gangster Raider just said, he's on my fantasy team. I was like, man, get your fantasy self. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, get yourself out of here. So right then and there, like Gangster Raider said, I, I was turned off on fantasy football. But in reality, man, like I said, I understand why it's so popular, why people love it. I just don't have time for it. So, you know, the one time that I actually had an opportunity to play it, it was required by my old radio station. We all had to have a team. I was like, man, I don't, I'm not doing anything to do with this. So I never even, like, paid attention how my team was doing. And I had Jamal Charles. I got Jamal Charles got auto drafted on my team, right? And they're like, "Oh, you got a pretty good team. You got Jamal Charles." I was like, "That's a chief, man. I don't want nothing to do with him." And of course, I'm in Texas, right? And he's a Texas, he's a UT guy. And they're like, "That's Jamal Charles. What do you mean?" I was like, "Man, you got a Raider on your team?" They said, "Yep." And I forget who it was. It was some scrub, right? It was someone who had no business even being on the field. I was like, "I'll take him." <laughs> so I traded some scrub for Jamal Charles. Yeah, I didn't last care. Last place. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I, I didn't even matter. I was like, hey, I don't even care. I can't remember who it was, but I. It literally was like a backup running back or something that never would get on the field. I was like, yeah, I'll take him. You could have Jamal Charles. It's all good. I can't believe Q just traded Jamal Charles. I was like, man, I don't care about no fantasy football. Hey, anytime you want to play me in fantasy, we get a league going. Man, great grand prize I tell, pe I tell people the same thing anytime anyone asks me about fantasy football. My fantasy team wears silver and black. My favorite team wears silver and black, and I just keep a gangster like that, like Gangster Raider said. This he might be your year. Yeah. <laughs> it very well could be. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of folks, including Rich Eisen, who comes on right before JT the Brick does on this very airwave, Raider Nation Radio 920, that's riding with the Raiders. I don't know if you're hearing, Raider Nation. You hear all the negative. You get mad when the national media hits you with the negative. Think about the positives. A lot of positive. Matter of fact, you'll hear a little bit from Adam Rank from NFL Network. You'll hear that a little bit later on this hour. 
A lot of national folks are starting to ride with the Raiders. Let's see what Mitch in New Jersey. Let's see who he's riding with. What's on your mind, Mitch? Welcome to the show. I ride. I'll drive. How you doing, uh, Q? I'm blessed, man. Hey, um, thanks for the info that on that movie. It says Sinai, 8, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Yes, sir. Finally, History Channel. Yep. Something early. You know, two guys, uh, I know one's from New York at least. And I always get these guys mixed up. Willie Davis and Tommy Davis. Okay. I know, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I know you're talking time. about, yeah. Tommy yeah, Davis. 60s, just, what's that? Tommy Davis is who you're talking about. Olympian, right? Well, well, both play for the Dodgers, and, I'm sh- and they kind of underachieved. I imagine they must have gotten through uh, some hell, and we still have a way to go in this country, in this world. Uh, but I thought he was Tommy. He was very good in basketball, too. I think he was uh, a teammate of Larry Brown, Brooklyn, you know, from the East Coast. I know we've never been to New York, Brooklyn. Don't worry, I'll eat you up. Stay where you are, Q. Right. I want to see the Raiders go. I know I come from left field at times, but they those guys play center, right field, first base. Um, with the Raiders, you say Sue, make it happen. Love to see that happen. I think we'll have a good year, especially with the sacks. I think we have a lot of touchdowns via the pass. But anyway, Dominic, so I hope you get soon. All right, there it is. Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Yep. Yes, sir. Be safe out there on those roads, man. I definitely appreciate you. So want to hear from you, man. Hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let me know what you want. Would you rather the Raiders go out and make a move for a proven defensive tackle like Sue, make that a priority over a veteran offensive lineman, or would you like to go back to the theme that we've been talking about and, hey, beef up that offensive line, make sure Derek Carr is protected, and get the most out of this offense? Which one would you prefer? We'll take your calls, but right now we'll take your text at 69187, keyword R&R, because coming up next, we have Ben Lindsay from Pro Football Focus. He put out the rankings on the defensive line. We'll pick his brain. I'll ask him about Sue and a whole lot more. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. There's always changes. Um, In college, it's the same thing. I had three different D-line coaches in four years, so it's like... When you're first going into it, you don't really know what to expect. Um, you got, you know, you get a little anxious. You don't know what, you know, your routine is getting thrown off a little bit. But for me, if I just put my head down, work, um, I know I'll be able to get through it and and you know take it, uh, get a positive result out of it. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. That was Raiders defensive lineman Max Crosby talking about the. New defensive coach, that's Patrick Graham for the Silver and Black. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Been talking defensive line, been talking offensive line, and talking about what would you prefer if the Raiders went out there and made a big move? Would you prefer a defensive tackle like Nandamika Sue, or would you prefer a veteran offensive lineman? Aaron Bernal hit us up on Twitter. I think getting Sue is a luxury. If the Raiders can only make one move, I think getting a veteran lineman is the move because the offense is going to be the engine of this team, and we definitely appreciate that. And with that being said, we bring on Ben Lindsay from Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Lindsay. And, Ben, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Wanted to have you on. We talked offensive line yesterday with uh, Mike Renner from uh, Pro Football Focus, your, your colleague there, and he did a really good job tiering the offensive line, and the Raiders didn't do so well. They were 29th. They were in Tier 6. The defensive line, a little bit better. They're 19th, according to you, and in Tier 4. Now, what goes into all the criteria when you were putting this together? How did you come up? What was the research that went into this? Yeah, it's, it's basically just um, looking through, through their, the player's grading history, 
uh, and some of our stats like, like pass rush win rate, pressure rate, run stops, and sort of putting that all together to get an idea of the unit as a whole. The tough thing when you're doing units is how much do you weigh sort of those high-end elite players um, versus sort of having a complete group versus having depth. Uh, so, so just trying to balance those things out. And in your piece, Tier 4 is a great edge duo with a weak interior, and that's why I brought up the question about defensive tackle. Do you think the Raiders should go and make that move? You point out in your piece that Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, great, but the interior is a problem. Bilal Nichols, the highest-ranked uh, Raiders defensive lineman right now, he comes over as a free agent, 61.3 according to Pro Football Focus. That's not very good. How much do you think the Raiders could go – how much can they improve that, even over the course of training camp? Yeah, I, I think going out and signing a veteran guy like Sue would, would help, certainly. Um, and those teams in that tier were kind of tough to place, right? I had them with Cleveland, uh, with Garrett and, and Clowney and the Cowboys, depending on how you see Parsons um, with him and Lawrence. But the, the DT group is definitely uh, what's holding them back. And they you could see what they were trying to do this offseason. They were going out and getting guys who could kind of hold up against the run uh, with Vernon Butler, uh, with Bilal Nichols, sort of that, that archetype of player. But a couple of the guys on there are, are coming off pretty rough years in run defense. Butler's one of them. Uh, Jonathan Hankins had the lowest grade of his career in run defense. Um, so, so I think that group as a whole uh, could definitely use another veteran or two in there before, before the season starts. And, Ben, when you have a weaker interior like the Raiders do right now, and, and I think that they know that that's why they went out and made all the moves that they did this offseason, as you mentioned, how much does that leave, you know, I would like to say meat on the bone? How, how much does that make a guy like a Chandler Jones or a Max Crosby not be able to cash in on so many sacks instead just have to settle for pressures? Yeah, it, it's big. Um, because if you, got, if you have those interior guys that are sort of pushing the pocket and, and flushing the quarterback – it just makes life so much easier on guys like Crosby and Jones to sort of get those, those clean-up sacks, um, as we call them. Uh, if not, you're sort of relying heavily on, on them to create all the pressure and finish the sacks. Talking right now with Pro Football Focus's Ben Lindsay here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. In your opinion, which one is easier to kind of scheme around or, or you know, not make it such a liability, the offensive line or the defensive line? I think the, the defensive line um, is a little bit easier to scheme around. With the offensive line, you can, yeah, you can uh, keep extra bodies in there to pass protect with, with running backs and tight ends. You can run play action to slow down pass rush. Um, but with defensive line, you can just sort of drop more bodies back into coverage, and we've seen a lot of teams sort of do that um, over the last couple of years as we shift towards these defensive schemes that are running too high, trying to keep guys in front of them. Uh, you saw in the AFC Championship game, the Bengals in that second half just dropped eight uh, consistently against Patrick Mahomes, and it worked. Um, so I, I think especially if you have a couple guys who you can count on to get home, like a Crosby, like a Chandler Jones, uh, you can work around having a few weaker points on the D-line. What are your thoughts on Cleve Furl? He was a guy that ever since he's been drafted and number four overall, we all know he was drafted too high. He really, to me, hasn't really had a, a set position. And uh, there's been reports, and we saw him out at mandatory minicamp getting a few reps on the interior as well. Do you think he's a guy that is not going to take over that position but can give you some good, solid reps at that D-tackle spot? Yeah, I think he can. And I think he showed that at times, not necessarily last year, um, but a little bit earlier in his career. Expectations are so high when you're when you're drafted as high as Farrell was, um, but I think as sort of a rotational guy um, who can hold up against the run, give you a little bit of interior pass rush. That's probably where he's he's better suited to get after the quarterback. 
I think he can have an impact there as a rotational guy. Going back to Ndamukong Sue, he's a free agent. He's available right now. One, I'm kind of surprised that he's still available, but uh, at his age, he, he's done fairly well. I mean, only missed a couple games in his career, still getting about six and a half sacks from that interior uh, part of the, the defensive line. How much juice do you think he could bring, not only to just that position, but also how much would he help Max Crosby and Chandler Jones get home even more? Yeah, he's certainly not the same guy who he was with the Dolphins or with the Lions, but he still played a big role on that Tampa Bay defense last year. And one thing with Sue that's that's pretty remarkable is just how how durable he is and the amount of snaps that he's played throughout his career. Um, it gives you gives you solid play even at this stage against the run and the pass. So having someone in there, that veteran presence, who you can count on, um, who's there every play and giving you the same effort, I think he would help and um, just free up Jones and Crosby a little bit more. I know these guys are just rookies, but Matthew Butler, Neil, Neil Farrell Jr., one comes from Tennessee, one comes from LSU. The Raiders drafted him this past year. Uh, I don't think that they're going to go take over that defensive tackle spot and, and just be that dominant early on, but uh, what kind of juice do you think that they could bri- provide for that defensive line? Yeah, I, I think they can They can give a little bit. With interior defensive tackles and, and interior offensive linemen, it's always tough to rely on those guys to contribute early in their career. It, it's usually a position where you see – uh, it take a little bit longer outside of rare cases like we saw with Creed Humphrey last year uh, on the offensive side or some of these defensive tackles who came out early. Usually takes a little bit, uh, a little bit longer, and especially for day three guys. But Farrell, um, a guy who who can hold up against the run, has a little bit of wiggle to him for a bigger guy. So uh, he they, with the weakness on that group, I, I think he could crack the rotation potentially. Talking right now with Ben Lindsay from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You mentioned Max Crosby in this piece, and it says his 91.9 Pro Football Focus pass rushing grade last season trailed only Miles Garrett at that position, and no defender recorded more quarterback pressures than Crosby did. I know pressures aren't necessarily sacks, but they are really good. You know, you want to get those, obviously. But how does Crosby take what he did last season with all the pressures and convert those into sacks this year? Yeah, it's interesting that Chandler Jones is honestly a guy who could probably help him with that just based off of his uh, sack to pressure conversion rate throughout his career. He, he does a really good job and has for years uh, of turning his pressures into sacks. So just getting in and working with him a little bit. Um, but pressures, honestly, and the pressures at the rate that Crosby was getting them last season, that's what you want to see uh, because stat or sacks are a little bit more volatile from year to year. Uh, and pressures, if you can get pressure consistently, it's more likely that you're going to do the same thing the next year and the year after. And I think Crosby's in a good spot uh, to keep doing that. Well, he's a, there's a reason why the Raiders gave him a contract extension and uh, put put a nice little uh, amount of guaranteed money into his bank account. Well, Ben, fantastic stuff, man. Uh, I liked your piece that you put out there. Again, you had the Raiders ranked 19th. They were in tier number four. Was there any one of these teams that you were kind of researching and, and actually kind of surprised you while you're doing this? Yeah, uh, the one that kind of stood out was the Chiefs, right? Because you're looking at a team that is a is a Super Bowl contender, a Super Bowl favorite uh, potentially, and they've got a guy like Chris Jones on the interior. But that defensive line as a whole is pretty weak. Frank Clark has not been the guy who they thought they were getting when they traded with Seattle. Um, and they're relying at the other end spot on a rookie, George Karloftis, who can do some nice things, strong lower body, has a really good bull rush, but – Again, you don't want to be relying on a guy, on a rookie, as your top pressure producer off the edge. So I think the Chiefs 
Um, that defensive line is is one of the weaker spots on that roster, which was kind of surprising. Yeah, you got the Chiefs in tier five. You got them ranked number twenty five overall. So yeah, that's that's a spot right there. I'm kind of looking, kind of scatter shooting through. I think you have what Denver in in, in tier three. Am I yeah tier three in number seventeen? What do you think about those guys uh, up there in Denver? Yeah, I think they made some some nice additions to that group this year. Um, yeah, they traded away Von Miller last season. Uh, but hopefully they get Bradley Chubb back healthy. And they went out in free agency and added a DJ Jones from San Francisco who's coming off a career year there. They added Randy Gregory, who's been really effective when he's been on the field the last two years for the Cowboys. Uh, and then a guy like Nick Benito in the draft from Oklahoma. So I think they added some nice depth to that group, even if they don't have a, a star necessarily. And then Tier 2 was the L.A. Chargers. They have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. What did you think of that uh, that that potential dynamic duo that they have there going on in L.A.? Yeah, that's, it's one of the most improved units in the league, um, just in terms of what they added. Obviously, Khalil Mack, uh, there's sort of a perception that he's not the same guy anymore, and he's probably not Pete Khalil Mack. But the last time we saw him healthy in 2020, he was still a, a very good player, defends the run at a high level, can get after the quarterback. And then they added in free agency a couple guys on the interior and Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, who were both on that 2020 Rams team with Brandon Staley, uh, Austin Johnson from the Giants. So they just added a couple starting caliber veterans to that group. And then when Bosa and Mack are both healthy and they're both on, that's, that's the best edge duo in the league. There you go. Well, he's Ben Lindsay. He's from Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Lindsay. And you have anything coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, I got a piece coming out next week on uh, redrafting the 2020 draft. Oh. <laughs> don't, you don't need to talk to Raider, Raider Nation about the 2020 draft. <laughs> 2019, cool. 2020, yeah. well, we'll go ahead and pass. <laughs> ben, hey, man, thanks for your time. We definitely appreciate you. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk soon. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. All right, you too. There he goes, Ben Lindsay. Yeah, I don't think Raider Nation wants to revisit 2020, especially that first round. No, thank you. All right, are you, uh, you revisiting 2020? Just the whole year in general could just go away. Right. Hey, you know the what? Draft. Just you know what? That's, April 2020 and on. Yeah, <laughs> you are not wrong. That's an actual good fact. You are not wrong there. Uh, many thanks to Ben for joining us from Pro Football Focus to talk about the defensive line. So you heard him, Raider Nation. What are your thoughts? He actually brought up a point that, hey, he thinks the defensive line is easier to scheme around if it's not quite as strong as you'd like it to be. So maybe that helps change your mind. What would you prefer the Raiders to do? Go out and make a move for a proven defensive tackle like Sue? Try to upgrade that defensive line or go get a veteran offensive lineman to shore up what you believe is going to be a high power offense, which I believe is going to be a high power offense. 702-365-9200. Salmon ass text line 69187 keyword R&R. Also, what I want to do right now, Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. And let me tell you, as a father, many times over, fathers always get the short end of the stick. Always get the short end of the stick. Can we please take care of fathers on Sunday. You can do this right now, and I'm going to help you do it. Caller number nine is what I'm looking for. I'm going to get you hooked up with a $150 dining card to Fogo de Shon. Real fancy. Ari goes there all the time. He says, man, it's fancy. You need to be there. We're going to get you hooked up with a $150 dining card. All you got to do is be calling number 9-702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got to give a big shout out to Barbara who got hooked up with a $150 gift card. She's getting to take care of her father 
or her husband or whatever the case may be, she's going to hook up somebody. She got hooked up. I like that, man. $150 gift card. That's good looking out on Barbara's part. So she's going to uh, she's gonna go get her feast on at Fogo Day Shown, a spot where Ari frequents all the time. So big ups to Barbara. We have more winning on the way. I had thrown out the question out there on the Raider Nation listener line and also the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Do you think that the Raiders need to make a move for a proven defensive tackle like Sue? Or do you think that they need to go out and make a move for a veteran offensive lineman? We've been in the category and conversation of offensive lineman for a very long time. And, you know, the more and more I think about it, I just, you know, think about what Max Crosby and Chandler Jones could look like with a dominant defensive tackle, something that neither one of them have have had, at least with the Raiders, obviously. So I'm just thinking that, you know, it might make a lot of sense. But, of course, I want to hear from you what you think. 805 Raider was responding to the interview we just had with Ben Lindsay. He said, this dude did mention that the Broncos lost Shelby Harris their best defensive tackle, and what Randy Gregory is supposed to replace Von Miller, I call BS. That's from 805 Raider. I'll say this. Randy Gregory played his tail off last year with Dallas. He played a hell of a job, and they wanted him back. They wanted him back, and he – I don't know what happened at the last second, but because some contract conversation and they put something in their contract that he didn't like, he ended up making his way to Denver. Randy Gregory can play, man. And even when when he fell in the draft because of weed – which we all know as we laugh at now, hell, we could drive down the street right here in Las Vegas and pick up weed anytime we want. I mean, we just, I kind of laugh at it at this situation, but I mean, because of that, he's gone through multiple suspensions. He dropped in the draft. I mean, Randy Gregory is a player. Make no mistake about it. Von Miller, he's been gone for a while. Remember, he went to LA. They traded him to LA, but I think that Randy Gregory can do some things, man. I, I would, I'd caution you to, to just kind of write him off as just another dude. He ain't a Jag. He ain't just another dude or just another guy. He can absolutely get out there and play. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer like Von Miller, but he can still get after him. Von Miller's getting a little bit older as well. Robin Oakland said, if I have to accept those conditions, <laughs> I'd get a proven inside pass rusher. I'm hopeful the offensive line isn't as bad as we fear because we got some young guys with decent pedigree and some real game experience that may have had the best coaching last that may not have had the best coaching last year. Reliable inside pass rush is the quickest way to disrupt even the best quarterbacks in the league and will have an addictive effect across the whole defense, including for Max and Chandler Jones. That is Rob in Oakland. I like that. Mailman Raider hit us up. Q, personally, I like offensive line, but i probably have to say who will have the biggest impact, who will affect the game in a bigger way, and that's probably Sue. It's a good way to put it. It's a good way to look at it as well. I do think Sue could have a big-time impact, and I kind of looked at him as a luxury when he first became available and Tampa Bay went in a different direction, he realized that he wasn't going to be uh, returning to Tampa Bay. I thought, yeah, that'd be nice to have him, but I think that they, they're pretty good. But the more and more you start to look at, you know, what the effectiveness of what the Raiders have done with their uh, defensive tackles, especially I like Jonathan Hankins a lot. And I had someone actually ask me the other day, I was doing a, uh, a interview talking about the Raiders and someone asked me like, okay, I know about Max. I know about Chandler. What's going to happen on the interior? And I said, well, I think Jonathan Hankins is going to play some good ball. He's back with Patrick Graham. They're familiar with each other with their time with the Giants. But, you know, he had a he had a down year last year as far as, you know, his run stopping. Now, he could still, you know, get things turned around, especially with Patrick Graham. They're familiar with each other, so maybe he could. But it's one of those, you know, maybes or ifs, ands or buts. You know, sometimes those don't always shake out too well. So I, I don't think there's really a wrong answer here. It's just what do you prefer? Would you prefer – an offensive lineman or a D tackle that's proven. Glenn in San Jose said, what up, Q? Raiders need to shore up that O-line. It's been our Achilles heel for far too long. Our receiver can't catch the ball if Derek Carr doesn't have the protection. That's from Glenn in San Jose. 
I mean, just put it out there straight up. Just let it be known. So uh, that has been an issue, especially the right side of the offensive line. You know, maybe they can get coached up. Maybe they they do have some more talent than what we saw a year ago, and the coaching is going to make a big difference. It's, it's one of those training camp questions, right? One of those training camp uh, observations that we'll have through our binoculars. I spy with my little eye. <laughs> I believe that's Alex Leatherwood at the right tackle spot. I mean, it's, that's what it's going to be, but we're going to do it. Uh, let's see. We got a text that said, Dominican Sue is the best, uh, the best lineman available on either side of the ball, so I'd love if they sign him. But since I'm, not, I'm still not sure what type of defense we're going to run, I'm not sure how Sue would fit or if it would be worth it to spend the money on him instead of getting a veteran offensive lineman. All right, well, the defense is basically going to be a 3-4 base. You know, we know that from Patrick Graham, but you you do realize what he has been saying the whole time that hey, most of the time that, you know, they're in the nickel and so they're very they're very multiple and so there's going to be very I mean, a bunch of different variations, but make no mistake about it, it's going to have a 3-4 base. I mean, that, that's just what it's going to be, you know, and then they'll go off of that. So, I guess if that helps answer the question a little bit. I think when they, you got a guy like Sue, he's a football player. Right, I mean that that's the bottom line. That's a that's a football player. So I don't think that there's a defense out there he don't fit in. If you tell that dude go push that go push that offensive line and try to get at that dude throwing the ball, he's gonna do exactly that, and he's gonna have some edge to him when he does it. So that's that's the one thing I wouldn't worry about a guy like him. Uh, one more text. Big Dub Raider said, "Q, I understand you not being a fantasy guy, but fantasy football is the number one fantasy league. You don't need much time to compete in the league. There's game there's games three times a week. Unlike basketball and baseball, fantasy leagues." Go Raiders. And he had a little uh, 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 type to his, uh, his text right there. Yeah, I don't have enough time for fantasy football. I, I mean, literally, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. You know what I mean? Like, even if I let the computer do everything, I wouldn't even have the time to check it. I don't even have the time. I, I, I wouldn't. I, that'd be the last thing on my mind is to check to see how I'm doing. And there's deadlines and stuff, too, if you miss it. Nah, see, penalized. I wouldn't. I would, yeah. my, I would tell you right now, you know how people, like, change their rosters? I would never change my roster. Whoever's in there is in there. Q, that guy has been injured for the last five weeks. Cool. He'll be healthy when he gets back. <laughs> He'll be well-rested. I literally would have no – there's no desire on my part to ever do fantasy And then football. if you won somehow, oh, everybody would be so mad at you. Oh, I didn't even try, and I got first place. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't even tell nobody. I wouldn't even tell nobody. I don't even think – I probably wouldn't even know. That's the thing that I probably wouldn't even know. Like the people would be like, later, hey, you know he no, they'd be like, Q doesn't even pay attention. Let's just say he lost, and he'll think he lost. And that's fair. Yeah, That's, exactly, that's exactly what I would do. Uh, let's, we got about time for one quick call. Uh, New England Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Good, good, good. Hey, I know I'm not a new booty. Um, you know, I'll call a couple times, but, you know, I, I've been listening, and, and i not even religious, man, but I swear, man, you do the Lord's work. Like, you know, it's just... I appreciate all the news that you bring every day, and uh, it's just it's just you know being three thousand miles away from 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 the nation. It's just it's just great that uh, that I have a place to come to and get get updated and get all the news and listen to other Raider fans. So 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 thank you for all that. Yeah, no problem, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. So first things first, I might be New England Raider, but uh, my uh, my family didn't care much more than more than about football. So I am a diehard Celtics fan. So oh. I just need you to hear that. Thank you, so, thank you. You built me you up know, and then you tore me down. <laughs> I, I I just had to say it. I, I am I am about five miles from TD Garden. I, I I live in Boston, man. So I I am I am I am I am melted in green when it comes to basketball. But do not question my loyalty when it comes to football. All right, <laughs> when it comes to the Raiders. Gotcha. It's all Raiders. Uh, 
So, you know, I'm hoping that uh, we get these next two games, but I won't bring that up on this radio station. Uh, but, hey, I will say on, this, on that, though, thank you so much. Like, the fact that you have people coming on from the Boston Globe, like, you guys just are so great with your, you know, you always say that you're trying to get, uh, you know, people with all these different perspectives. And the fact that you've had people on from the Boston Globe, I swear I've heard Vinny have somebody on from the Providence Journal. It's just, you know, being from New England, it's just great to be able to hear, you know, those other perspectives. So, again, thank you on that. No problem. Um, uh, so, in terms of football, uh, I say if we got the money, let's go with Sue. I'm, I'm willing to give Leatherwood another year. I think I'm, I'm ready for that man to be my right tackle. So, let's just do it. Let's let, I think we have enough men in reserve there. Um, so let, let's try to get someone like Sue on the defensive side, but I, I'm still worried about the secondary personally. So, I mean, I'm, I'm good if, if for this conversation. I say, let's go defense. Uh, I'm going to give Leatherwood one more year. I felt the same way about Colton Miller four years ago, and now we're calling him one of the best tackles uh, in the league. So maybe Leatherwood will, uh, will turn around. Let's see. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for the call. Great stuff, man. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, I can ride with you on everything but them Boston Celtics, man. I got to ride with the dubs. You know what I mean? Got to get that one more win tomorrow night. But I do appreciate the call. Appreciate the feedback. Lots of great stuff. We have a little bit of controversy here on this show, though. All of a sudden, I've noticed some controversy. And uh, we'll get to it when we start hour number two. We'll come back. We'll cover three. We'll still take some of your calls. I see Raider Mac is holding on. We'll get you. We'll get to cover three. And We'll hit our controversy. We'll tell you what it is. We'll do it next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.